Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 18th day of February. I'm Paul. Thanks for joining me every day as we go a little deeper. Right now, a little deeper into the Gospel of Luke. That's where we've been since the beginning of October last year, just working our way slowly, verse by verse, in a world where I think that's a little less common. It's not as easy to find verse-by-verse studies. We're we're sort of a topical people. We want to deal with a topic, and that's fine. But I love this stuff. I love just opening the Bible and seeing what it says to us in that story and trying to investigate it through context as best as we can and original language as best as we can, but just letting it speak. I, I don't think there's a real... There's no real substitute for for just reading the Bible and letting it speak to you. I don't mean that you don't read anything else. I don't I I certainly don't want to indicate that you you take it literal in every situation that you don't try to uh, let it speak to you. No, you do. You you let it speak to you and you realize that it's saying a lot more than just literal readings. There's multiple layers, but Spend time with it. Spend time in the Word. And I know we've legalized that. Uh, we've made that. We've made that into a, a form of toxic religion. There's pure religion undefiled, and there's toxic religion. We've made it toxic sometimes. Bible reading. We've scared people off from it. Made made it boring. Made it obligatory. Made it seem as if. You had to see it a certain way. If you didn't, you were seeing it wrong, and that seeing it wrong is the equivalent of not even being saved. And a lot of that's just birthed in this idea that faith is about being right instead of faith is about trusting. So I hope you'll look at it through new eyes, not through eyes that thinks it has to be right, but that eyes that says, I want to see Jesus. I want to learn something today. I want to be challenged. I want to read a story that I don't quite understand, but I know there's something there so that I have something to pray about so that I have something to wrestle with. And I get questioned a lot. I think it's a great question. Why why aren't things clearer in the Bible? Why didn't God just make it clear? And I think that's a great question because that's showing that we're wrestling with cloudy stuff. What what scares me is when people say, well, the Bible's very clear. I I think that's, I'm, I'm amazed by that. I don't know if we're reading the same book. It's not all clear. I think it's a great question to say, why isn't it all clear? And and my my answer would be layered, but I would say basically because we're supposed to wrestle the scriptures, we're supposed to spend time. We are the people of God, and the biblical account of the people of God, they're called Israel. Israel means he who wrestles with God. The ones that wrestle with it are the people of God, and so in a way, it has to be that way, so that we continue to put it on the mat. And what we learn from the Jacob story is that when we put it on the mat, we're really putting ourselves on the mat. We're really letting the scriptures wrestle with us. Well, let me read one to you today that probably has a lot of layers. They all do. This is the story of coming down the mountain of transfiguration. This happens in three Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all of them tell the transfiguration, but and then they all tell some variant of the following story. I want to read it straight through, beginning in Luke 9, 37. Now it happened on the next day when they had come down from the mountain that a great multitude met him. Suddenly a man from the multitude cried out, saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son, for he's my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth. It departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. 
So I implored your disciples to cast him out, but they could not. I always feel kind of sorry for the disciples here. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pitched as having incomplete faith. I know I told you I was going to read it straight through, but you know me. Their, their pitches have a sort of incomplete faith, and we, and we know that that is part of the argument, that their faith isn't quite there. But let's not down them, please. Let's not be hard on them. I'm not, I'm not sure how well we would do in the same situations that they're in. They tried to cast it out. They could not. Verse 41, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. I will say that this does seem to be Luke's attempt to give us the the Jairus equivalent, where you have a, a dad who's concerned for his daughter. Here you have a dad who's concerned for his son. And I told you... Back in the Jairus story, I think there's a comparison between the young man with no one looking out for him and the young woman with someone looking out for him. This story reminds us that that's not every young man. Not every young man has no one looking out for him. But there's been a lot in the world. In this case, the story doesn't seem to be nearly as much about the father or even about the son. The focus in the story is faithlessness, a faithless and perverse generation. This is a group of people. Jesus isn't saying every person that ever lived is faithless and perverse, but the people standing in front of him, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. I don't think he's cutting the disciples down. I think he's saying to the crowd, why do you always not believe? So there must have been a general response in this crowd, uh, an attitude. This crowd carried an attitude that they didn't believe much in Jesus. They didn't have a whole lot of respect for who he was, but all it took was one dad And so I would say this might be a a way to relate to this story. Perhaps we too live in a faithless and perverse generation. The truth is I think every generation of man has crowds that are faithless and perverse. And we all doubt from time to time. But if we can just get to Jesus, like the dad, even in the middle of a faithless and perverse generation, if we can get to Jesus... Something can happen. I want you to know this week, you're going to go to work. You're thinking, man, there's a bunch of faithless and perverse people at my work. You might be right. But if you can just get to Jesus, if you can just a little Jesus goes a long way. I like to say, you know, the Bible says a little leaven leavens a whole lump. I like to say this. If a little leaven leavens the whole lump, what would a little Jesus do? (laughs) What if Jesus, and, and technically... That is how that parable is interpreted, because that's a parable of the kingdom. Put a little kingdom in, what would happen? So what would a little Jesus in the midst of a perverse and faithless generation do? Uh, Well, Jesus rebukes the unclean spirit, heals the child, and gives it back to his father. Oh, by the way, he always gives them back to his father, because for Jesus, family is important. Same way as he sent the young man back to his family at the gatherings, he gives the young man back to his father. That's something to be said today. More tomorrow. We continue in Luke 9. Have a great day. God bless.